Hi, and thank you so much for allowing me to be a part of your day today. This episode of Life with Jerry Williams, I'm going to talk a little bit about friendship, the true cost of friendship. And this started quite some time ago when somebody asked me a question about my close friends. I am also finally going to come clean as to why I am such a fanatic for Hostess Twinkies. All of that on this episode of Life with Jerry Williams. I have mentioned Hostess Twinkies quite a few times on this podcast already. And every time I mention them, I say, I'll tell you about why I'm such a Twinkie fanatic, why I have an obsession with Twinkies. Well, it's time to come clean. Here is my Twinkie story. But first, let's go back and do a little history of the delectable, delicious, delightful Hostess Twinkie snack cakes. They were actually invented by a Canadian. His name was James Alexander Duar, and he was a baker for the Continental Baking Company in Schiller Park, Illinois, and he invented them on April the 6th, 1930. Continental, through a series of mergers and acquisitions, later would become Hostess Brands. Well, Duar started working there In 1920, as a delivery boy, eventually became a baker and went on to become a regional vice president at Hostess. Well, back in 1930, Continental made strawberry shortcakes, shortcakes filled with strawberry cream. But they only made them during strawberry season. This is back in the 30s, before a lot of preservatives, all that kind of stuff. So they could only make them when strawberries were actually in season. Rest of the year, the machinery used to make these snack cakes sat idle. Well, DeWar came up with an idea of using a banana cream to fill the shortcakes. And he came up with the name Twinkies because he had seen a billboard in St. Louis for the Twinkle Toe Shoe Company. He liked the name. During World War II, bananas were being rationed and the company had to switch to a vanilla cream filling. Well, that was all she wrote. Vanilla cream filled Twinkies? They were a huge success. Banana-flavored Twinkies never really did make a big comeback, though occasionally they used banana cream in special limited-time promotions. And then in 2005, with the movie King Kong, Hostess issued banana cream Twinkies once again, and they are still available, although to be quite honest with you, I've only ever seen them offered like on Amazon or eBay or other online sellers. And there have been a huge number of Twinkie flavors that have come out over the years, many still available, but the vanilla cream filled Twinkies, the absolute best, the quintessential Twinkie. Well, Hostess fell on hard times during the 2010s. They filed for bankruptcy and they shut down operations. Production of Twinkies ended on November 21st, 2012, but they would return on July the 15th, 2013, when Apollo Global Management bought Hostess and re-released Hostess Twinkies. Now, that's the official Twinkie story. My story goes back to the 1960s when my mom would buy Twinkies at a Hostess bake shop where she would get like the day-old stuff, you know, the thrift stuff. And Twinkies were often in that pile of stuff that my mom would bring home from the Hostess bakery and they would find their way into my lunches. So, junior high school. I had Twinkies all the time. I got hooked. I was hooked. Then I got into radio and I started making a shtick out of Twinkies. My breakfast o champions was a package of Hostess Twinkies and a tub of coffee. I actually did some promotions around Twinkies. 
like putting a Twinkie in a microwave. I had listeners bring me the largest Twinkie in the world, according to them. It was about four feet long, this big wad of cake with vanilla cream inside. Someone made a little Christmas ornament for me. You know, those little things you get in the gumball machines that hold the the rubber balls, those little plastic things. They took one of those, cut a Twinkie in half, stuck it in there, sealed it up and glued it shut. That Christmas ornament, no mold on it yet. Twinkies have a very long shelf life. But the the highlight came when a member of the church I was attending at the time on Long Island, New York, I was doing a morning show on Long Island, and Twinkie came up with this idea, or Hostess came up with this idea, to introduce Twinkie's Light, a lower calorie, lower sugar, healthier might be too extreme a term, less deadly <laughs> snack cake concoction. They were going to introduce this. Well, this guy that went to my church worked for Hostess. He knew that I was a Twinkie fanatic. So he arranged with Hostess there in the greater New York City area to introduce Twinkie's Light on my radio show. Twinkie the Kid showed up. They brought me all kinds of Twinkie paraphernalia, little stuffed Hostess Twinkie the Kid dolls and banners and hats and a couple of boxes of Twinkies Light that I sampled for the very first time live on the air on my show in New York. And so that's why I am a huge, obsessed fan of Hostess Twinkies. Someone once asked me if I had many close friends. My reply was perhaps a little too quick, Definitely a little too cynical. I said, friends are overrated. Looking back on that conversation, and for some reason I have done so often, I didn't really mean it that way. Maybe kind of I did. I'm just as happy on my own as with a group of people. Maybe even a little happier. But I would like to retract that statement. Friends aren't overrated, but I think friendship may be undervalued. Shortly after I joined Facebook, I made a plea on the air for people to friend me so I could get to that 200 friend plateau. Well, I surpassed that goal handily. It's really pretty easy being Facebook friends. One person makes a request, the other person clicks confirm, bada bing, bada boom, you're friends. It's kind of nice. You get to meet people who share similar interests, get to know them, at least virtually, and get exposed to some points of view that you might otherwise miss. And you get to see who you share as mutual friends. Now, some years after reaching that first friendship plateau on Facebook, when I look at the list of my friends on Facebook or I get one of those reminders that someone is having a birthday, more often than not, I have to ask myself, who is this person? Facebook or any social media friendship lacks a certain connectivity that is vital to a real relationship. There's very little depth to most of those interactions, and friendships of that type require little to no investment from either party. But true friendship is costly, and it comes with a good deal of responsibility. Jesus outlines some of what it means to be friends in John chapter 15. He starts off by saying that his command for us is that we love each other as he loves us. Well, so far, so good. Who doesn't want to love and be loved? But then Jesus reveals the costly part when he says, greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. We know that ultimately Jesus did lay down his life on the cross to demonstrate that greatest of love. 
And while some of us may be called upon to make that once-in-a-life gesture, for most of us, the laying down of our lives for our friends is a much more daily, sometimes mundane and inconvenient demonstration. The cost of friendship is often paid in things like airport pickups, late-night phone calls, or spending a Saturday making change at a yard sale. A little earlier in that passage in John, Jesus talks about one of the results of being his friend, joy. His joy in us that our joy may be full. And then later, Jesus once again states, I have called you friends. And he implies that friendship with him means, by extension, friendship with everyone he calls friend. Now, that's a social network I'm pretty excited about being a part of. Uh, Jesus does go on to warn what friendship with him may mean as far as persecution by the world, but that's a topic for another episode. For now, it's enough for us to realize the importance and the gravity of our friendships, face-to-face or virtual, especially the friendships with those with whom we share Jesus as a mutual friend. Thank you so much for listening, for allowing me to be a part of your day today. As always, please do subscribe to the podcast wherever fine podcasts are available, wherever your favorite podcast is. Chances are that's where you found Life with Jerry Williams. And if your podcast platform allows you to give a rating or a review, I would love to see that as well. Thank you so much. Sometimes I'll have bonus material available uh, on some of the stuff I talk about on this podcast. And if you're ever looking for that, you can find it on my website, jerrywilliamsmedia.com. And I'll put a link to that website in the show notes for today's episode. Coming up next time, going to share a little bit about a story of when Jesus healed a man who had been born blind. And some of the questions that not only Jesus was asked, but the man who was healed was asked by people who claim to know better. And perhaps some applications we can make to today's world from that particular story. That's coming up next time on Life with Jerry Williams. 